Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, the Chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology in the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice in which we learn about updates in the field of laboratory medicine and pathology. Good morning, Bill, how are you today? I'm doing great, how are you? Good, lots of things going on, you know, and some things we haven't talked about for a while. So I thought it'd be nice to kind of update everyone on things like COVID and monkeypox. Well, I think COVID got back in the news with the statement made by the president. Mm -hmm. I think got 60 minutes about how the pandemic is over. And then there was, of course, some people are saying not quite so. So what is happening with COVID? Where are we? Yeah, so he did backtrack a little, as you mentioned, and he said, okay, it's not quite over, but it is true that it's not as bad as it was. So I checked the CDC data tracker, and for anyone listening, the uh, CDC has a nice COVID data tracker that you can look at. It monitors cases, deaths, and hospitalizations, and all of them have downward trends. So for right now, it's looking good. Now, we don't know what's going to happen with this fall, and of course, then we have to worry about influenza as well, and I'm sure that will be the subject of a future podcast if there's going to be a so-called twindemic with flu and COVID. But yeah, for right now, COVID trends are going in the right direction. Yeah, it's been interesting just looking, if I'm understanding our own data, well, it's like, unlike previous like Omicron surges and Delta where you had a surge in a trough, we've just kind of had a low level. It's been just kind of steadily dropping mm -hmm. lower, lower levels, not this precipitous drop. So it's not gone, but it's trending in the right direction. I think the balance that we're trying to strike is to tell people that, yes, it does look like it's improving, but the concern is we can't just let our guard down completely because we don't know exactly how this is going to play out in the fall because it's not like it's been eradicated either, right? Yeah, I think that's a great message, Bill. I have a similar message that I give people, and I people will ask me sometimes, do you still mask? I do still mask when I'm in crowded areas with other people. And so, like you said, don't let your guard down, especially this fall and winter. Well, I guess it's fall already, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, as we start going into the respiratory virus season, we need to just have that in mind. But you're right, there's no big spikes with a big peak and a downward trend. It's just a nice steady downward motion we're seeing. Yeah, and we will see some increase in cases in COVID. It's just how big of an increase will we see? and how sick will people get with it, we don't know. So if we're using how the current state is and what we know, it appears that even if there is an increase in cases, that we're in a much better spot in terms of people getting seriously ill. But that doesn't mean we can just let our guard down. I just traveled, I've been traveling a lot the last few weeks, and I still mask. In the airplane, I put a mask on, it, it was just, just made me feel a little better, not that the airplanes are unsafe, but in crowded areas, I still did, because I got sick when I traveled a lot before COVID, so it's just something to think about. And the, the parts of the country and parts of the globe, I should say, are still different. In Canada, I was in Montreal last week, and they are still masking in the, in the airport. And, on the, you know, we had to put a mask on the airplane once we got into Canadian airspace. So we'll still be kind of managing through as we get back to normal life and normalcy, the differences that we're going to see in, in terms of how different areas of the world are responding. Well, yeah, I'm traveling a lot, too. And, of course, if you go to the southern hemisphere, that's 
you know, they're in their, well, the tail end of their winter and influenza season. So that's a consideration as well. But even just the common cold, who wants to be sick for a few days of feeling misery? So taking just some general precautions, being really good about hand washing, that's always a good idea. Yep, I agree. Another thing is that I, we have to think about also just going forward, some of the things we did in COVID, I think a lot of people used to show up to work when they didn't feel well because they felt like they needed to. And there weren't a lot of tools to work remotely. Now there's a lot more remote work. Hopefully we can keep some of those lessons here to help protect us from another surge in COVID here in the, as we get into the flu season. And then also as we go forward, it's best practices. And speaking of best practices, I think the other thing that you mentioned is monkeypox. As I looked at the data, it feels like at a minimum things have leveled out, if not started to fall a little bit. Yeah, I think it has leveled off. I just checked the data this morning. It's as of September 14th on the CDC webpage, about 25,000 cases in the United States, one death in the U.S. in a highly immunocompromised patient with a lot of comorbidities, and then 65,000 cases globally outside of the normal monkeypox areas. So significant numbers, but rather leveling off. And there's been some interesting discussions about the fact that really we have to remember it's transmitted to anyone, regardless of sexual orientation and gender, through close personal contact. Having said that, it is predominantly hitting the gay, bisexual, and men that have sex with men population. And so getting vaccinated if someone is at risk and using precautions. Again, we're talking about precautions, different type, but very important. Yep, exactly. And so it's interesting coming through this. It's that, you know, it shows that those measures, and it's kind of ironic because people still debate that we go too far with COVID, you know, masking, the social distancing, all. But, you know, those are essentially public health tools that have been around for decades that we use when there's outbreaks of illnesses. And here, this was one spread through contact. And so We've taken measures to educate people, to inform people, to inform those that are particularly at risk. And it's showing that these measures can be effective and vaccination is part of that. But a lot of it's just good public information and sharing of information with people and people acting on that information appropriately. This, that really helps us. So I, hopefully you can get back to that because I think that's one of my concerns with all we've come to with COVID is there's so much of a societal swirl around all these things and, and what do they mean and, and what's the intent and is it con- trying to control people, et cetera, et cetera. It's just to get back to the basics that this is just about trying to, as a medical community, trying to keep our communities that we live in and interact with as safe as possible from infectious diseases. That's the purpose of the CDC. It's the purpose of us in, in healthcare. So getting back to that's important. And just like we've seen now with the increase in polio cases, we start to drift from some of those just kind of basic tenets of how we keep ourselves safe, it's going to be bad for all of us, right? Absolutely. Yeah, get back to the basics, focus on science, focus on infection prevention and control, the things that have served us well over the past century. Yep, exactly. Keep the politics out of it. Just exactly focus on right. the science. We're scientists and, and physicians, and, and that's the right approach to have. Agreed. And speaking of politics, oh, I don't goodness. know, you know, if you saw that, that there was a bill that passed a continuing resolution, because as we mentioned, I think in an earlier podcast, FDA was going to run out of money here mm-hmm. at the end of September if Congress didn't pass a bill funding FDA. And so that did pass. And I think a lot of people had questions for me about what does this mean for valid? Valid wasn't part of that. What does that mean? And so 
the reality is that what passed in Congress, what was termed a, I'll use air quotes, and for those listening, they feel just had to get a mental picture, but a, a clean bill, meaning that all that passed was essentially the funding of FDA. There were no things that are called super riders. There's three. One is valid, which is regulation of lab-developed tests. There's one pertaining to cosmetics, and there's one pertaining to dietary supplements. FDA, of course, has purview over those as well. None of those were included, I think, to keep the bill as simple as possible, just so they could fund the FDA. That means that those other pieces of legislation have yet to be acted on one way or the other by Congress. Yeah, so what does that mean for Valid and for Salsa? Well, what it means is that, so now the pivot will be, and let me think of it, will be on the elections, right? We have midterm elections, which are extremely important this year, more probably than ever, just because of the nature of, of the state of the country and the political debate and the fact that there's a, a democratically controlled Congress right now, it's Senate split. So that's where all the focus will be. As they get through that, then they'll come back and, and they'll be in, quote, the lame duck session, meaning the people, will, seats will not have transitioned, but things are being debated. And that's when there'll be an omnibus, so kind of a big end of year package that gets passed by Congress. And that was where salsa and bowel will be now. So they, it's not like they're gone. They're going to be part of a bigger bill because that's why then? Because that's when the funding for CMS. So all the funding for Medicare and Medicaid, that all has to get passed then. So there's a lot of healthcare, important healthcare bills that get put into that omnibus package. And that's where these will be now. And so it is going to be still very important for advocacy. Probably salsa is really the important one just because what has to happen then is there's a budget reconciliation process too, where they have to say, okay, Congress wants to pass these things, but we have to have some budgetary control. So they'll say, what things will they do that will pass that will cost money? Salsa will appropriately reimburse lab tests, but that doesn't mean increased spending of CMS. So that's where getting to your Congress people to say, this is something we think is important that Congress supports and spends money on is really important. So probably a good message for our listeners is that advocacy is going to be very important in this coming fall and winter season for this bill. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Well, we'll keep talking about that and keep an eye on how things are going. Meanwhile, I'm sure that we'll have other areas to talk about as well. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of things to talk about. So Never. All right, Bill. Well, thanks once again for joining me. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's always, it's, it's one of my favorite uh, appointments on my calendar. Me too. Well, it was great updating everyone and we'll continue with the updates next week. Sounds good. Thank you so much for tuning in to Answers from the Lab. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and don't forget to tune in every Thursday and every other Tuesday.